Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, chapter 17. Just doesn't get any better than this. And we've got two two pretty quick chapters and then a pretty good sized chapter. So, so uh, again, we're moving around country to country. So we're we're leaving where we were previously, and now we're going to go to Damascus. Now, Damascus is the capital city of Syria. So, and they list other cities, towns in Syria. So this is it's not just for Damascus, but Damascus represents the whole nation. So this is something for all y'all. Uh, which, by, by the way, Sue left a, um, an atlas and has marked pages where you can see where these, these, these countries are in relative position to, to Israel. So it, it, you know, afterwards, go, come, on, come up and look at it. it, it I can't it, use those little, the little maps in the Bible. They're confusing and too small. You need a big map. <laughs> you, you like your big donuts too, right? Yes. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger the donuts, but yeah, when we were out out, out west, we uh, stopped stopped at a bakery, and they had, I mean, donuts were probably three times that size, uh, just just enormous donuts. They were very good, but it was it was kind of kind of funny. So what we have here is a prophecy against Damascus slash Syria. Um, and you can look and see what what God is doing here. What what, what is happening is. All this destruction for all these nations is the result of Israel and what they've decided to do. Israel decided to bring pagan gods into the pure Jewish religion, and therefore this judgment now goes out to, to all. Excellent. Thank you. Um, you can see there verse 3, the, the reference to Jacob, right? So it is linked to Israel that... And as we keep reading, and we, we, we've talked before, we're going to talk again here in just a minute, you know, the, the concept of the remnant, that God always has a remnant. So if there is not a remnant in Israel, I mean, if Israel is completely wiped out, then God's going to have to do something. So this is the, the discipline to bring people back to him. Um, The result is a lot of destruction. And you know, as we looked last week, I mean, you know, a country that had vineyards and everything else, there's like three grapes left in the whole land. <laughs> um, it's just, it just, you know, it's not 100%, but it's 99.99% destruction. But you see, there is that, that little bit left. So look at, at 17.3. Because herein lies the secret of God's wrath. And there listed is the concern for power. Um, see, the royal power. And that's really what we've been studying with all these different nations. It, it's an issue of power. Uh, it's been listed as pride, but pride in your power, right? So power is the, the overarching theme. 
And the, the biblical theological concept is, if you are pursuing power as the basis of your life, by definition, that means you're not relying on God. You're not trusting in God. You're relying on your power. So, virtually all these, these nations, what we're talking about is you know, making alliances, power, military power. We will we'll disregard God and we'll take care of ourselves and, and merge together with others to defeat a common enemy. And with, uh, you know, these, these nations we're studying now, that, that is becoming more evident, that that's really the problem, is that we, we are prideful in our ability to have power, which pushes God out and allows us to convince ourselves that we are in charge of our own lives, that we can control and manipulate and, and make things happen without God. So this royal power, the throne, which then, as we saw with King, King Ahaz in, in, in Israel, that just generates right down through the people. The leader then generates down through the people. So this is a royal power that is leading the people in this way. And it says there in verse 3, that's going to be lost. You're going to lose it. It's going to be taken away from you. So that what you thought was the thing that would preserve you, the thing that would save you, the thing that would keep you from whatever you were afraid of, in fact, you're going to lose that, and then you're going to get what you were afraid of anyway. <laughs> Right, so I mean that's that's what God does. That's what God always has done. That's what God always will do. Verses four to six. Jeff, Please. How would that relate to us personally? Today? Yes. Now. How do you think it relates to us personally I don't today? Know. <laughs> that's what I'm asking you. Would, would would someone like to answer that question? How 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 does the pursuit of power? affect us today. So are you asking for yourself personally or are you asking for say the President of the United States and Congress and, and leaders, military leaders? Or, I can you know. see the political end of it but okay. personally okay. how would it be for us personally? Let's help Judy out here and help ourselves out. I'm going to say maybe we can help everybody. There it is. <laughs> I don't see any volunteers. Yeah, if, you don't, if you don't rely on God I think you can do it yourself that's bring it down to its basis. So, personally, then, the result is that what we've seen in all these nations, and we will continue to see, the result of a personal choice denying God results in the exact same thing as these whole nations, as these military, you know, whatever group. You know, so, it's, it's based on the individual. Why the, the throne is pointed out here is that the throne is the one that dictates policy and leads people in a certain way. So, but again, you certainly see this in, in the New Testament. If, if you're dumb enough to follow that bad form, then the punishment is the same for you. You think it would be worse for the person leading, but it's not, right? A wolf in sheep's clothing, Jesus describes it. If you follow that, then you know, the punishment is the same for you as it is for the wolf in the sheep's clothing. So, yeah, I, I, it, it's, it, it's a matter of uh, whether you look at it personally collectively, group, uh, nation, world, uh, yeah, the result is still the same. You either accept God and humble yourself before God, or anything else you choose 
will result in all this terrible stuff that 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 we're saying. So yes, so our goal then is to to help people to understand this because you know, what I'm seeing out there is you know people are are comparing themselves to others and well I'm not that bad. You know I didn't do what the terrorist did yesterday, so I'm I'm a pretty good person, so I I don't need to I don't need to come to God. But that's a, a form of power, right? I think I have the power to save myself through my personal goodness. should be clear that that's not the case. The only thing that will get us the salvation we want is to come to God. And so doing follow, following Jesus. There, there, there is nothing else. So, I mean, the world comes up with hundreds and thousands of different ways not to do that. <laughs> but the result is, is the same for all of them. You know, again, that, that universal nature of God. Yeah, this is the one thing you must do, and if you don't do that, I don't care what else you do. The result is still the same. It is permanently cut off forever and ever and ever. Amen. Does that help? Yeah. Yep. It's, it, so personal decision, yes, is critically, critically important. And with that in mind, then, you can't blame somebody else. You can't blame the bad pastor. You can't blame a bad president. You can't blame, you know, bad parents you can't blame anybody else you, it's it, it's a personal choice that we all must make can i give an illustration oh illustrate us um it would be like you're in a job and you're happy with that job and but you see a different job over on the other side it's like the grass is always greener and you think, okay, I'm going to go and take that job. But that's not where God wants you. So you're going to say to God or, you know, just to yourself, well, I don't care. I want that job, and I'm going to go get it. And then you find when you do get it, it's not what you thought it was going to be. And you run into all sorts of pitfalls. But that, on a personal level, is... Some of the stuff that I've dealt with is I thought, you know, well, that was where I should be, and it wasn't where I should be. So on a personal level, that's what affected me, is going against where I was supposed to be. This is what I want, even though I know no, that's I, not what you want, God, but I'm going to take, take control of my life and exercise my free will really? and power to... Yes. To yeah, just show show you God that I'm smarter than you, and my plan is is better than yours. Well, that doesn't ever work out well, does no, it? it? Doesn't either short term or long term. So yeah, so it, it you know, as as we've seen in these nations, I mean, the answer is the, the word humility, humbleness, just keeps coming up. I mean, that's what it is. It, it's humble submission to this plan. So anything other than that is defiant pride, <laughs> that results in this this destruction. And that's a, that's what this you know. Verses four to six is, is talking about. It's, yeah. I mean, this is a lot of destruction. I mean, it's not just a little, and it's not just isolated in certain areas. This is just everything. Everything is wiped out, and yet we keep reading that God keeps a remnant. There is always this little bit left. Uh, verse six. Yet some gleanings will remain. You see it? I, so, I mean, even in the midst of, you know, you look around, you might have to, you know, really look hard, but there's, there, it's still there. It's still there. Now, that's a concept that keeps coming up. I, we need to make sure we have a common understanding, that we, we're all on the same page on this. So, 
Let's just ask the question. Why does God always leave a remnant? So it can grow. Okay. Kind of like a seed. Yeah. Um, seed starts out pretty small. And uh, remember what Jesus says about the mustard seed, right? Smallest seed, but grows into the biggest, biggest bush, biggest plant, six, six, seven feet tall. I mean, it's just ridiculous. How's that happen, right? But from something so small, something massive comes out of it. So it's, it's a. If the seed wasn't there, what would happen? It would die. Right. There is nothing left. Right. So, God always makes sure He is present. Well, I think it's also because he, he really never gives up on his people. Yes. He, he always remains having hope. That's, you know, it's, it talks about God's faithfulness to us and, you know, his promises and all that. So he's not going to renege on his promises. He's made these promises and always a remnant. Always. Always, always, always. I mean, and you see, see that in Revelation. I mean, it's, you know, it, I mean, all the Christians are gone, and all that's left is is just pure evil. But he sends two witnesses, which then keep keep reading in verse six. Perhaps the remnant is only two or three. So a, a remnant is not not a hundred or a thousand or a million. It's two or three, maybe four or five, <laughs> but no more than that. But stop and think now to the, the great historical movements. Have they not all started with like one or two people? Rosa Parks. <laughs> uh, Martin Luther, which I just found out yesterday was the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther tacking the, the, the 95 Theses on the, the, the door to his church in Wittenberg, Germany. <laughs> exactly 500 years. We, we, we've been protesting. <laughs> uh, just amazing. Uh, but, yeah, that's one guy. And he got others to follow. But you see, a remnant. There's just yeah, one voice. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about Martin Luther, then we're going to talk about Martin Luther King, right? I mean, just one voice can gather thousands and millions and grow from one little tiny seed. But you can, you can take that down to a personal level. One family member yeah. can bring the whole, whole group around. Yep. Well, we talked about last week or just two weeks ago about the, uh, the legacy, the, you know, the, you know, how the effect of one one godly person in the family can have an impact for, for many generations to come. It's, it's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, and I, I, the point of this is, you see, look at it this way. It's these governments. So it starts with one, the king, but leads a whole group of people then to influence all the other people negatively. Started with one person, shoot, it went negative. So if one person can lead negatively, guess what? One person can lead positively to counter that. I mean, that's that's how it goes. What about obeying the law of the land? How does that fit in there? There is that. And remember what Scripture says about that? Do it. Yeah. The, the rendering to Caesar, what's Caesar's? I mean, it's, so it says, you know, and we are to honor the government 
because it says that God has authorized all the leaders. Now, it's not that God put Hitler in place, but when Hitler came to power, God said, I can use this. So, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, does that name mean anything to you? Um, one of the greatest theologians in the uh, 20th century, uh, was part of a conspiracy to assassinate Hitler. He was one of the guys responsible for, the, for that bomb that was placed at, at, at that huge desk and blew up, but the desk, desk was so big it absorbed you know, all the concussion and uh, Hitler barely got a scratch out of it. Uh, but they traced down who, who it was, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer was one of those who engineered that and spent the rest of his life in a concentration camp. But his writings were from the concentration camp. You know, I mean, the great theology comes from the concentration camp. But it has to make you wonder, and as you read it, he even discovered that, you know, that was that was not, not not a good plan. You know, assassinating a leader authorized by God is, I guess that's murder. That's what, <laughs> thou shalt not murder, right? So, you know, you, you can't supersede the law of God. So basically, yes, as long as the the government is not asking you to do something against the clear word of God, then by all means do it. But your highest responsibility is to God. So given the choice of, do I follow God or do I follow my government? And if I don't follow my government, I'm gonna wind up in jail or I'm gonna get taxed heavily or you know, gonna, something bad's gonna to happen to me. That fear cannot supersede what God says. And so the, the early church got to experience that. That you know, when they were arrested, they weren't killed immediately. They were brought before the emperor and given a single question: Will you bow down and worship the emperor as a god? If you do that, we'll let you go. You keep Jesus. We don't care. We got a couple hundred gods now as it is. What's another one to us? But you must claim the emperor as a god in your whatever religious system you practice. Will you do that? Now remember it says you shall have no other gods before me and things like that. So I mean there, there's some, it's pretty, pretty clear I am the only God. So basically saying there is another God is against like all of scripture because there is only one true God. And how many times are there stories of you know, the, these uh, pagan religions that you know, the gods they believed in are useless and you know, all that type of thing and you know, bring the fire down and all the wet wood and all that jazz. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's silly. So there is only one God. So if you add anything else, then by definition you are doing exactly what Israel did and all these other nations do and going against the clear will of God and destruction will befall you. And so that's the choice. Now, knowing that, if I refuse to bow down and worship the emperor, they're going to kill me. Well, there's a fun choice. That's a, a little more difficult than any choice we've ever had to make, right? So, but that's, I think, a good example of what, what you're talking about is, you know, even in that severe circumstance, you know, we would have to stay true to what we know to be the truth of Scripture. And you know, once, so when the government asks us to do something, then we need to be mindful of that. So it brings into mind um, uh, in, in, in war, wartime being a conscientious objector, um, there, there probably have been wars that, that we've been in that a Christian would look at that and say, now this, this isn't, this isn't uh, holy. This isn't uh, trying to result in, in something good. Um, probably there's a good chance Vietnam was that way. 
that just turned into a mess. So yeah, a lot of people were conscientious objectors to that and uh, went to Canada and whatnot. Um, but not World War II, that's completely different, I think. So it just it, it's individual circumstance. But yeah, we were taxed. Well, let's take a poll. Does anybody like paying taxes? Have you, have you ever written the IRS and say, this isn't enough, you know, dema <laughs> demand more of me. As a matter of fact, I volunteer another 20% of my salary just for you because we just love you guys. Has anyone ever done that? No. So, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you see that not paying your taxes is going to wind you up in jail. All kinds of bad things are going to happen because you're going against the government. So you might, even if you don't like doing it, it says clearly in Scripture, you have to do it anyway. So as long as it doesn't cross the line of something directly against God, then, yeah, you're bound to do it. You know, grit your teeth, bite your tongue, but do it. Now, if the government tells you that if there ever comes a point, you know, like it was in the early church days, that uh, if, you, um, if, if you see any Christians... You know, have them have them arrested. Uh, make sure you know it was just open season on Christians. Then now you don't do that because that's going against God's people, right? So it's each each situation is different, and we have to look at it. So just because the government says to do it, take take a good hard look at that and make sure that it, it is something that is not against what God says. Now it doesn't. The inverse is not true, though. So everything the government says does not have to be for God. You're, you're not allowed to, to not do something because it doesn't support God. <laughs> well, the way things are nowadays, you'd be hard-pressed to find anything that supports God, right? So it's just it's the government in place in your location. Follow it as long as it follows. It doesn't go against the clear teaching of God. So if it asks you to murder or steal or break any of the Ten Commandments, then that's, that's bad you can conscientiously object to that, and whatever the, the penalty or consequence is for that, you're going to have to suffer. But um, your 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 first allegiance is to God and God alone. So a remnant remains, often just a few. So each of these nations has two, three, four, five people. That's it. But look what can happen. Verse seven. It, isn't this what we always do? We take for granted the good things around us, but then when it's gone, oh man, then finally we do what we should have been doing all along to make sure we didn't lose it. <laughs> right? We finally get smart after we lose something. And that's truly unfortunate. So after it's lost, uh, verse 7 is saying, the remnant will once again return to the Lord. See, this is what they should have been doing all along. See, you only return to the Lord when you've left. But that, that return concept has been in every one of these nations because they have left God. If we remain with God, then we don't have to return. But as the remnant returns, look what happens. They bring more people with them. So the two or three build now to six, eight, ten, twelve. Then it starts building into hundreds and then thousands. And so as that goes, it just picks up and picks up and picks up. It's kind of like when the uh, the Jews were, were leaving Egypt after the tenth plague, you know, the angel of death. Um, 
it says clearly a lot of the Egyptians went along with them. They're just walking out of town and the Egyptians just got in line and I don't know where these people are going. I have no idea. I'm not taking anything with me. I'm just going with them. Yeah. See, they, they figured it out. So just a remnant moving, people are going to, going to see the truth in that and, and come along. Maybe not everybody, but the numbers will, will pick up significantly. You see, verse 8 then, this is where, what it comes down to. They're going to humbly come to God. They're not going to look at the strength of their own hands, it says. They're, they're not going to look at their own power. They're not going to look at their own military. But instead, they're simply going to come to God because they know that God is a source of strength and power and wisdom. The, the end of verse 8 states that we're, we will finally realize that these pagan idols will have been, that were brought into Israel are useless and therefore they will finally have the desire to get rid of them. See, see the, the, the Asherah poles, uh, that was a uh, pagan idol thing that they would worship. Um, you know, of course, they, they, uh, you know, see like all religions have incense, but the, the altar is a specific, has figures on it and all of that that, that designate the whatever deity it is. And uh, so that's what Israel did. They, they brought these other pagan altars in and use those in the temple and all of that and uh, so we're going to get rid of all that anything that that reminds us of a, a a false god we are going to get get rid of it now the, the the key of all this is that the people finally realize if you go back to verse seven that they need to worship see the the maker yeah Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.